This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the February 14th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to talk a little bit of Thursday really fast, talk a little bit of some injuries, some Wednesday action as well. And the big injuries from Wednesday had a big injury on Thursday, which is actually why I'm here. I actually had recorded a podcast that I was going to post after these games, but we there was so much going on for these two games, so I'm kind of sneaking in a new intro here uh, before I talk about Cat and Dame and injury stashes, under, under 10% owned guys as well. But again, just wanted to kind of lead with what we just saw on Thursday, and really the headline here. Uh, is, oh man, Paul George again, left hamstring strain again. This is the same one he hurt you know, earlier in the year. Pulled it in practice when he just returned recently. Missed a month. He's going to miss time. This is not good. Um, I mean, you don't know how much, how severe it is, but went straight to the locker room. You, I, would, I mean, he's out till March. I really don't think there's any way around it. Um, he may be out for, I mean, like St. Patrick's Day or something like that. I mean, when you have three hamstring strains to the same hamstring uh, for a guy that sees big minutes and as much responsibility as he does, uh, you're t- it's dangerous waters right there. So uh, obviously you got to sit on Paul George. Luckily, the break will help you out. Um, you know, hopefully, maybe, hopefully it's only two weeks or something, but I, I just don't see it. Um, yeah, so it's rough. Again, you got to sit on him. Uh, until we get results here, uh, so I did kind of want to go over the fallout, and um, I did the blurbs like literally just now before I hopped on this podcast here. Uh, so you'll see all sorts of splits on how guys do without Paul George on the floor on, on all the blurbs too. Um, Lou Williams is ridiculous without Paul. Um, we saw him go off season high thirty five uh, per thirty six of twenty six four and eight dimes uh, without Paul George on the floor. Uh, on almost a hundred uh eleven hundred minute sample. Kawhi, you saw that January he was really the best player per game. Uh I thought in January Dane played more games than him, so he should have won player of the month in January, but they gave it to LeBron. We'll talk about that. But I mean Kawhi is thirty four, nine and six with insane defensive numbers uh without Paul George. So he's gonna have legit like top three upside per game. Uh, they don't have a back-to-back until March 13th. Um, and I don't think Paul George will be back till then. So uh, expect them to really lean heavily on Kawhi. Kind of a bad loss today uh, as they're really slipping um, uh, and from the number one spot. You can pretty much rule it out. Um, but they'll probably want to fight for, I guess, maybe the... I mean, they're probably going to want to fight for the three or the four seed, you would think, right? Um, I think they'd feel much more comfortable going into that second round rather than facing the Lakers again in the second round. Uh, so I think they'll, they'll be buying for that. So that's good for Kawhi, uh, who's played a whole lot more uh, than I thought. Um, I think Marcus Morris is a winner. We saw him play big minutes. So he's a guy I'm not, like, excited to add. But, um, yeah, he should be decent. More like, you know, 10-, 12-team streamers. He had a much higher upside in New York. Didn't have Kawhi and even Lou Williams. And Landry Shamet, who's also played 
uh, a little bit better. We saw 46 minutes, 19 points from him. Shooting the ball great right now. Uh, shooting like a tick under 50% from three this month. Uh, so he's been kind of rolling more of a, you know, kind of 10-team, 12-team, shallower 12-team, three-point guy. But I expect his value to grow. Um, now that he's playing really well, we saw a lot of buzz from him preseason, myself included. I was really in on him with ball handling. Uh, and then uh, Pat Beverly, another guy who's had another aggravation. So he's probably out for a little bit as well. Break will help, but um, definitely let, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Celtics, again, double overtime. So uh, if you played on a short week and you had Celtics uh, in your lineup, uh, you've you caught some breaks here. Marcus Smart had a huge game, four steals, 31 points. He looks really good. He's like the ultimate utility man like for, uh, for baseball. You know, those guys who um, just will play second, third, short, uh, outfield, um, kind of like uh, Ben Zobrist back in the day for you baseball heads. Um, just, you know, awesome on offense. Uh, but uh, And Smart's been good. He's shooting the ball a lot better. Had like kind of a two-month slump, but he looks really good. Uh, Kemba Walker, so had a, kind of a minutes limit on him. Uh, was asked about it coming into today, and we saw 46 minutes on Thursday. So um, you have to feel good about that for Kemba. Um, you know, they don't have – they have one back-to-back coming up um, in, a, in, I think, March – mid-March – so hopefully the All-Star break gets him right. I still think they're going to manage him in back-to-backs. But, um, yeah, if he just stays on the floor, you just you just have to hope this All-Star break kind of gets him over this knee thing that kept popping up multiple times, costing him those three games. But, yeah, he looks fine. Hayward was red-hot shooting, missed some shots. And Jason freaking Tatum, man, this guy, he's just really blossomed into a total superstar. Um, we talked about this on the pod on Monday with uh, Drew Dinkmeyer and Davis Maddock. But, yeah, this guy is freaking amazing. Uh, the boost in defensive stats has been really the key to uh, unlocking his fantasy upside. This guy is going to be going second round next year, maybe even flirt with first if he has a big finish. Uh, he's been pretty durable as well. Um, really, the sky's the limit for a guy who was you know, supposed to be not, not quite raw, but um, there's a reason why he didn't go number one with a bullet, um, which obviously... Um, that was a mistake uh, to to let slide him, let him slide to where he did. Um, Ennis Cantor banged up a little bit. Uh, may have been that hip aggravation, so we'll see if that week gets him off. I think Daniel Thice has to be owned. Um, had a couple blocks, fouled out. Tough matchup against Montres Harrell, who went off. So um, definitely Thice is a, um, an absolute must pick up there. Um, other game, uh, the Thunder are so good, man. They play really well uh, on the road. Uh, they play great at home. I think they're 27-11 and 11 since Thanksgiving, so they're playing really good ball. We've been talking about them for a couple months now. Um, Shea, second in minutes. He's been so good. Shea Gilgis-Alexander's rolling. <laughs> Steven Adams had one of the coolest shots of the year. Um, you've probably seen it by now, the three-quarter court. Drew Brees-esque uh, touchdown pass in New Orleans, uh, not at the Dome. Across the street from the Dome, though. Uh, Gallo just smashes, uh, and even Dennis Schroeder, who's been kind of flirting with 100, top 100 value, has been pretty good. Uh, Zion's insane, man. He's top three in put uh, putback points, top three in pink points. Uh, the guy just dominates inside, man. Um, what else is there to say? Uh, the only thing we're missing here is a little bit of defensive stats. We saw him. That was really the key coming into the season. It's like, oh, my God, this guy's defensive stats at Duke were ridiculous. We saw like a punch block today, but Zion's looking pretty good. Um, JJ Redick was good off the bench. Uh, Drew has stellar splits with Zion. Um, you know, he's almost two and two per 36 defensive stats with, uh, with Zion on the floor per 36 with good assist numbers, good shooting numbers. Uh, so I think Drew looks pretty good for a finish. Um, and yeah, 
Uh, Brandon Nickham should be back. We, he was game time again. Got ruled out just before tip, so he, I think he'll be all right. So, yeah. That kind of covers that. Um, again, I recorded what you're about to hear pretty much just before, or a little bit, you know, a couple hours before the game started. And really one thing that changed from when I recorded to now uh, is going to be, you'll hear me talk about this coming up on the pod, but what we learned since then is the athletic report that he's Carl Anthony Towns is expected to miss multiple games, which I kind of talked about. Uh, so... Pretty much when you hear me talk about all the things that had concerned me, they're confirmed now. So pick up Nas freaking Reed right now. Uh, I am Nostradamus, uh, I guess, because I, I really pimped Nas before anybody, I feel like. Uh, I got the blinkingguy.gif look from everyone in my Rotor World Slack for pimping Nas Reed. Uh, and now uh, everyone's getting on the bandwagon, so I'm pretty pumped for him. I have him in my deep leagues. And uh, I do like James Johnson. had the you know, flirt with the 5x5. Five with uh, three steals, three blocks, so he's a really good add. Uh, keep an eye on Jake Lehman. I don't think I talked about him, but you'll hear me talk more about this uh, as you go through the pod, so enjoy. I just posted, just before I recorded here, the new midweek waiver wired. It's kind of a end-week waiver wired with the week cut short for all-star break, but still a lot in there. Uh, pretty much led with really the two big stories of Wednesday and that is Carl Anthony Towns having what's called, quote, a left wrist injury um, that needed an MRI to reveal it. So it wasn't, It was. this is why I get scared here. It didn't say, you know, clear results. It said he has an injury because of an MRI. So he's hurt. So whenever you, re- whenever I personally, whenever I see the MRI results and they don't come back clean, quote, unquote, I get nervous. Um Keep in mind, this is the same guy that was questionable for a month. So maybe the week, nine days they're off, could get him right. Maybe, maybe not. There's no games. I don't get why you would leave James Johnson and or Nas Reed on waiver on the waiver right now if your league's competitive. Uh, so he's owned, and both those guys are owned in pretty much every league I'm in. Uh, I had Nas Reed even before that. Uh, in a lot of my deep leagues, um, if you listen to the pod last week, I spent way too much time talking about Nas Reed. But uh, uh, just a stud, like 23 minutes uh, per 30, 23 points per 36, excuse me. But um, yeah, man, I mean, he was playing through it. They said they're going to try to push forward, said they can't control the injuries. So really scary things to see from the Wolves on their franchise player. So um, yeah, if, if you have Cat, you have to add as insurance. But one or both, um, yeah. So uh, I I prefer Nas Reed just because of the situation. They're obviously younger. They're looking to next season. James Johnson's on a contra uh, a player option for next year. So uh, Reed really hasn't disappointed when given minutes. Uh, and I mentioned last week he did play ten minutes next to Cat before he got hurt. So he does play power forward minutes. They played next to each other as well, Johnson and Reed for a little bit yesterday. So that's something to watch. Uh, I just prefer Reed's upside, but I like I love them both. Like I think both are twelve team viable. Um, as we wait again, it's not like holding those guys for a week is gonna hurt you. You know, like there's obviously the two. I'm recording this just before the two games tonight. Um, so that's whatever. You know, you want to stash guys that are that have upside, and if obviously if Cat's missing games, then you're gonna want to pick those guys up. Uh, and then obviously the other secondary winners would be Malik Beasley, who's been just on fire, unbelievably good. Uh, Wancho would benefit a little bit. I still would prefer Reed or James Johnson. 
uh, just because I'm not really sold on Wancho's upside. But, um, yeah, uh, obviously D'Angelo will be more involved uh, with more screen and roll. Ryan Saunders said they don't want to make it. They don't want to make their offense straight screen and roll like, say, the Nets were last year where they were running pick and roll. I talk about this all the time. The Nets won five pick and roll pretty much all day long. Um, they want to kind of mix it up a little bit. So those guys kind of benefit. Again, more shots for Kogi and you know whoever else. Um, we did see a little, just a, just a smidge of a Jordan McLaughlin with D'Angelo out there together. So kind of a low-key. McLaughlin's been pretty sneaky good, uh, especially before D'Angelo arrived. He was like early rounder for like a three or four game stretch there with the steals numbers and stuff and good shooting too. So um, uh, I was glad to have streamed McLaughlin with the, the three-game pocket there he had. But yeah, uh, so that's kind of it for those guys. I'm uh, moving over to the Dame Lillard injury. Doesn't sound too bad, uh, but again, we never know these groin injuries, especially guys that play big minutes like Dame. Um, you're putting yourself at risk. Uh, we know Will Barton; uh, he pushed too hard on a groin injury last year. Gary Harris, another Nugget who's always had groin injuries, takes a while. LeBron James last year; it takes some time to recover these adductors, assuming that's what it was. To get healthy, so he's already ruled himself out for All Star Game. He's gonna perform though, so you get to see some Dame Dalla, pretty decent album by the way. But uh, in all my leagues, and I actually didn't get to grab Simons because I was working and I uh, wrote most of my blurbs from Wednesday night, and Simons got picked up in all my leagues anyway. So yeah, again, same scenario here. Pick him up, uh, Simons. He kind of flopped in the two games that Dame missed earlier, but I still think he can kind of get going. Um, he's got pretty good numbers, and he's actually got even better numbers when he plays next to CJ. Uh, so with CJ, uh, he is at 17, four boards, three dimes on a 47% from the field. Um, if on the total sample without Dame, he's only at 42%, so he shoots the ball much, much better uh, when he has CJ next to him. So they're going to play a lot of point guard. Obviously, Simon's had uh, you know the big finale when he went for what, the 37, uh, 6, and 9 line in 48 minutes on the last game of the season last year. Had a good summer league. So, yeah, uh, again, have to pick up Simons pretty much everywhere. Uh, you need a point guard again. Just sit it out. It was pretty much like Jalen Brunson. Probably more so than Jalen Brunson because groin injuries could take a really long time to get over. Um, again, I mentioned Dame. for They need to get Dame healthy for if they want to make a playoff push. And they're kind of in a bad spot given how they have to play really well. Um, but again, you know, if you didn't use, it, it actually, I should add, uh, these two week, this two week Yahoo thing where you only get uh, if you have like five ads for the week, you only get five ads, and they're if it's combined week seventeen, week eight, week eighteen, that's so rough. It's you have to be so careful about using your moves. So um, uh, I I didn't really use much. This week, so I, I was able to make my moves uh, to pick up guys I needed to. But um, we'll go over some more guys if you have some moves to make, possible stashes and stuff. But, um, yeah, uh, that's kind of where we are with those guys. I think Gary Trent Jr., who's cooled off, he's had two bad games in a row, was really rolling coming into the week. Uh, he would benefit as well because Simon does play a little bit of two, obviously. Trent plays a little bit of two. Even actually took some minutes from C.J. McCollum uh, down the stretch last week when he was really, really hot, I want to say Thursday. But, um, yeah, Gary Trent played really, really well lately, despite the, the recent two games. So, um, moving on. Uh, I think we covered those two main topics. Yeah, let's go over just Wednesday, maybe some highlights from the games before we talk about injuries 
and other stuff uh, for maybe some 10% owned or under guys to watch. Uh, we'll start with uh, a lot of fantasy goodness here for the Hawks-Cavs game. Uh, Dwayne Dedman's been basically early rounder uh, since he showed up with the Hawks. Three blocks, three steals. Uh, again, he's he's been pretty good per minute. The Hawks system's going to really favor him. So um, John Collins apparently doesn't want to play the five. Clint Capella hopes to play after the All-Star break, but I don't really think it matters too much for Dedman. I don't think Capella's going to be unleashed. Uh, plantar fasciitis is not something that really goes away uh, during the season. So he's going to have to play through it. We saw Mike D'Antoni say he could miss a game or a month, uh, depending on when he gets healthy. Again, the Hawks really are looking at the lottery here. So uh, there's really little incentive to play Capella big minutes, especially with the plantar fasciitis issue. Uh, Cam Reddish returned. Really scary injury. Uh, looked like he, his leg got really twisted up, but returned in the fourth quarter for some scraps. Um, been playing better, shooting the ball better. His steals numbers have been decent. So, uh, uh, I'm in on Reddish in a couple deeper leagues. Uh, I don't think he's like nearly must add player. If I'm sitting there and you know I want to pick somebody up for the break, and I hate the last guy on my bench, I'd pick up Simons or Nas Reed or James Johnson before I'd pick up Reddish just because the ceiling. Um, despite how Reddish has looked a little bit better lately, uh, that's kind of it. I'm not really too worried about Kevin Herter and you know, DeAndre Hunter's played a lot better lately, so he looks like a good ad. Talked about him in the column today. So yeah. Uh, not much else there. Uh, a couple of big pickups here for the Cavs. Uh, this is coming on the heels, uh, pun intended, of Kevin Love having an Achilles issue. Uh, hurt himself last week. Kind of lingered, so we'll see if the Ulster break gets him right. Obviously, he is, as I mentioned before, he's basically this year's Anthony Davis, right? Team that is apparently on the outs, may want to trade him. Uh, so he may get you know several games sat out. He's going to be super annoying to own. I would think the same thing for Tristan Thompson, who played pretty well uh, for um, you know a couple three threes, twenty seven and eleven for him against the Bad Hawks defense. So yeah, uh, and then Kevin Porter Jr. has been really red hot lately. Uh, he shot eighty percent at the rim since he's returned from injury. He's averaging fifteen points, three boards, two dimes, one point one steals, two point oh threes, fifty two percent from the field. Um, you know, really improved his jump shot, really improved uh, just getting around guys and taking better angles to get to the basket. So uh, he's really clicking right now. Definitely looks like one of the better pickups to make. Uh, he won't, I don't think he's going to be this good, but yeah, um, Jetty Osman has fallen off a cliff again. Uh, it feels like it's just a matter of time before Porter Jr. unseats him. So um, yeah, definitely a really good pickup there. Um, and yeah, uh, Sexton's cooled off a little bit. He's played pretty well for the most part, though. Um, so Detroit, obviously Christian Woods, kind of old news. Uh, you've picked him up in December, January, late January, early February for leagues really shallow, but yeah, he's really done well. His block numbers are down a little bit. Um, he's just a monster, man. Uh, I think he's going to be top 35, top 40 going forward, uh, with the huge minutes he's getting 26 and 12 with two blocks hitting threes. Um, just such a beast, but I think besides that, it's kind of messy. So Reggie Jackson's actually played pretty well, had 11 dimes, but I think Thon Maker's probably really the next guy I'd want to grab uh, if I'm looking to attack this front court. Uh, he's played pretty well since the deadline. I uh, had a couple big games at the game against the Thunder, which was huge. But um, you know, over his last, let's see, his last since the deadline, he's at 14 points, six boards. Shade under two dimes, 1.5 blocks, 
0.8 steals, 1.33s, 58% from the field, uh, 64% from the line. But a lot of upside here. This guy had a lot of buzz of being a potential point guard a la Giannis when he was with the Bucks. Obviously, it's not working out, but uh, impressive stuff. Like, he's scoring in different ways. He's even scoring, like, kind of off baseline drives. And, yeah, uh, I don't hate adding him. Again, um, the Pistons, Ed Stefanski, Ed Stefanski the advisor, uh, the football coach's dad had said they're going to try to prioritize their youth. We've seen the same thing from Dwayne Casey. And Maker, as raw as he was, he's starting to turn the corner. So uh, I do like him as a pickup a little bit. You know, kind of a wood light where he can block a little, shoot a little threes, doesn't rebound as well as Woodwood. Woodwood. <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely interested in adding Thon Maker. John Henson all fell off a cliff here. Um, just six minutes with Marquise, uh, yeah, Marquise Morris returning. Uh, Sekou Demboya is dead in the water to me. Um, he need a guy who need. We said this all along. He needs big, big minutes. Not getting them. So easy drop. Uh, keep an eye on Svima Kyluk. Uh, really a part of the core, uh, according to Dwayne Casey. I would expect him to uh, see some more minutes. Luke Kennard could throw a wrench in this thing, but I would assume that would affect guys like Reggie Jackson and Derek Rose, who Stefanski also said is really. Um, just a leader in the locker room for those guys. So I would expect Rose to be super annoying. Uh, he was just 1 of 13 from the field on Wednesday, too. So, yeah, I, I'm totally fine cutting Rose for any of these guys I mentioned as pickups. I, I, I'm pretty sure if you listen to this pod, you probably don't own Rose anyways. But, uh, yeah, it's brisky business there. Uh, really no pickup talk from the Magic, so I'm just going to skip over that. Um, we saw Ken Burge pretty much play the backup five. Toronto, no pickup talk really worth talking about there. Uh, Karis LeVert's freaking Fuego right now. Uh, shooting the ball great from the line, making threes, had a season-high four steals. You know, Just had that career-high 37 on Saturday. So Karis LeVert looks like he's rolling. We'll see what happens, how this affects, or how Kyrie Irving affects him coming back. Um, but again, it's really a matter of him just making shots. He was missing everything, missing so many freaking layups. It was disgusting to me uh, as a LeVert truther. But he looks ready to ready to ball out uh, again. His upside obviously gets capped with Kyrie coming back. But no given that Kyrie does come back, right? Um, knee issue. Hopes to practice after the break. So, yeah, just keep him out there. Uh, and hopefully he starts to, um, you know, string him together. Like he has been, you know, pretty much, what, four of his last five games have been baller games. And then he had kind of a, not a terrible game, but it wasn't a good game on Monday. So, um, Levert looks really good. Um yeah, I don't really have much to say on the Raptors, so I'll just kind of fly through this here. Uh, Bucks really nothing to say with Papi Giannis, not to be confused with the the old Kings big man <laughs> back out there. Um, so yeah, all those lines are pretty fluky. We knew DiVincenzo was going to be a baller whenever those guys sit. He's just had a really great season. Uh, Miles Turner, uh, interesting stat I looked up yesterday. If you saw my Twitter. Um, no minutes in the fourth quarter. Uh, this is prior to yesterday, so I don't know if it happened yesterday. Uh, with Miles Turner next to Old Depot as the the lone bet big man uh, with Depot in the fourth, uh, there are 14 minutes of both big men Sabonis and Turner, and then 21 minutes of Sabonis no Turner with Old Depot in the fourth. So, um, but yeah, even without Giannis, still a pretty good win for the Pacers yesterday. I don't really have much to say on pickups here. Um, because everything's kind of pretty clear, I would say. Uh, Wizards, Mo Wagner got ejected, but it was coming, it was trending up. Uh, 27 minutes in the last game. Uh, I really like him as a pickup quite a bit. Uh, he was among the lead leaders in true shooting percentage before he hurt his ankle. Uh, if you remember when Bryant got hurt with that uh, stress reaction to his foot, 
it was everybody was running to grab Mo Wagner if he wasn't already owned, and then got hurt with the ankle injury, and has pretty much been out since up until recently. So, um, yeah, I'm all in on adding Mo Wagner as well. Um, again, this guy needs 20 minutes to be good. Uh, blocks a little, shoots a lot of threes. Obviously, the Wizards' offense can sustain a lot of value. Um, potential Brad Beal shutdown risk as well, so that's another way to get a, even a higher ceiling. Um, was briefly sold on Shabazz Napier as like a low end guy, and I'm still kind of where I'm still kind of where I'm at. He's cooled off, had that big debut last week with the Wizards, but yeah, he's just going to be a low end streamer kind of a type, I would say. Uh, Roy Hachimura has been pretty good so far. He's definitely worth an add. Uh, Thomas Bertans is looking pretty good too. Uh, Knicks are a mess, really, besides Alfred Payton being locked and loaded with just massive steals numbers lately. He's looked really good. But um, I'm interested in Mo Harkless. I think he could really cut into Ty, uh, Taj Gibson, who played 10 minutes. Um, Bobby Portis got ejected yesterday. But, um, yeah, I think Mo Harkless is a guy I've I've got a lot of shares of in deep leagues. It's because he's routinely been that steals box threes guy. And you're talking about competing with Reggie Bullock, Taj Gibson, Kevin Knox, who's been really bad. Even Frank Nielakina, Dennis Smith Jr., because those guys are sliding up a position or two. Harkless can play the three and the four. Has guarded fives before. Has guarded ones a lot, even with Doc Rivers. So just a lot of ways that I could see Mike Miller trying to utilize Mo Harkless in an area that his team needs badly. And he's a hometown kid, so that's always good for uh, St. John's guy uh, to go out there and, and get buckets for the Knicks, who are always trying to sell tickets. Uh, mentioned the Blazers. I talked about them enough already. Um, Grizzlies. Uh, Brandon Clark went off. Uh, career high 27. We kind of saw that coming. Uh, Melton's minutes have been there, but they haven't really shown up with the steals numbers, so I think he's still going to be all right. Uh, obviously, I'm not giving up hope. Um, I mean, if it depends. If he's your worst player and you wanted to add Simons, then sure. I mean, there's probably a lot of players to the caliber of Melton's upside, Wagner, whoever else. So I don't think Melton's a must-hold option. But, um, yeah, I thought he'd be closer to 30, like, like right at 30. I thought it would be, you know, less of Josh Jackson and those dudes um, filling up minutes at 3 and 4. So, uh, Josh Jackson hasn't really been terrible. Uh, I've been deep streaming him in a bunch and haven't been totally distraught from that. But, yeah, it kind of is what it is. Uh, Kyle Anderson's, again, like kind of a 10, 12-team streamer, 14-team guy. It's been fine, kind of, you know, whatever. Um, let's talk Charlotte here. So there's a lot to a lot to dig in on this one. So Terry Rozier knee injury, good timing into the break. Probably just a little bit rest to get him right. You assume he's okay. Uh, Malik Monk has really stepped it up. This is really his best stretch of the season. Uh, over his last four, 20 points, four boards, two dimes, 1.0 steals, 0.8 blocks, 2.53s on 55% from the field. Uh, so he's playing great. Really was the backup point guard yesterday. Playing one, two, and three at times was really benefiting from the Nick Batum shutdowns. Uh, Marvin Williams going also helped him with smaller lineups. So it's still tough to sell on, uh, sell him as an ad, like as where you're dropping stuff you would miss, just because he rarely puts defensive stats up there. You know he's only been around two assists per game. Yeah, he just has to really stay hot to be valuable. So um, you know he had a pretty good stretch um, his rookie season. He had that what final game five-game stretch where it was like 20 points per game. So he has it in him, uh, and they want him to do well. If you remember the Mitch Kupchak talk, he said like one of the main points that they were trying to drill on him was like, oh, you, you need to make Mike Monk good. Uh, so they're going to give him a lot of chances here. So I, I do think he's interesting. Uh, I wrote up Cody Martin waiver-wired as well. 
Uh, a guy I kind of like, another guy I've talked about way too much on this pod and in the columns. Um, he's been pretty decent um, in the last two games before he got hurt with a concussion. Uh, 12.5 points, 6.5 boards, two dives, 1.5 steals, 1.5 So he's done a little bit of everything. He's had some stretches where he steals the ball. I think the Hornet system fits him extremely well. We've seen Borrego talk him up since November uh, that they wanted to play him and they were going to play him after the break. And don't forget again, Hornet said this last year with Miles Bridges. Like, okay, he was kind of off the radar. Let's play him on. So I think that Cody Martin is really this year's Miles Bridges as a guy who was not really admired in the fantasy world. But I could see him really stepping up and having a big opportunity to show what he can do uh, as they look towards the younger guys. Um, PJ Washington's cooled off. Miles Bridges has finally started to click. So it's what a great week. I've said for like a month, like I feel like my biggest two miss, biggest misses were Miles Bridges and Karis LeVert, and they're both really count, uh, getting going when it counts. Uh, so you do love to see it. But um, uh, we saw Jalen McDaniels have a big career hard game. He obviously will go away when Cody Martin comes back. Uh, same with his brother, Caleb Martin, who played pretty well in the starting lineup. Uh, Co- I think Cody Zeller kind of goes away. And I think Willie Hernan Gomez, a guy, uh, or Billy Hernan Gomez, I always call him Willie because you're free Willie. Uh, I do like him as a pickup. Definitely one of my favorite under 10% owned guys that I could see breaking out. Uh, again, younger guy. I would see Bismack Biamba wasn't really part of the plans. Had a pretty good double-double yesterday. Seven offensive rebounds. Uh, really dominated inside against a small ball lineup for the Wolves. So, yeah. Uh, Kings, wild lineup. Uh, shout out to Harrison Barnes. So if you missed this story, he said yesterday, you may have noticed that Harry B's got a little bit of a scruff action going on. His hair's getting pretty long. So he said yesterday that he's been growing his hair out and he's not going to shave until the Kings get to 500 again or the season ends. So he said he said he decided that back in mid-December. So if you remember, the Kings were like kind of in the hunt. And they were actually 12 and 14 after the after their December 15th game. So, and then they went on a big losing streak. So that's yeah, that's too bad. Hopefully, uh, he doesn't mind the extra scruff action. Um, but yeah, he's he's by the way he's really faded uh, in fan in, in nine cat leagues. He's just kind of a late round roster filler guy. The other news there was Nemanja Bielitsa started at the five, who's been pretty pretty solid. Um, definitely one of the better ads of the year because of Marvin Bagley kinking on, unable to get in the floor. Excuse me. So, yeah, keep rolling him out there. Harry Giles minutes have come up a little bit. He's not terrible. Um, I think Ken Bazemore benefit, and then Jabari Parker's getting pretty close too. So you know, shiny new tool and a team that has a lot of iffy weapons. Um, you know, obviously really thin up front. So I think Jabari Parker, who's played the five, they, um, that I could see him playing some five on, on this team. They, he played it a little bit for the Hawks, um, during the John Collins suspension time. So, uh, I was surprised. I was looking at the ad numbers and Jabari Parker got added a whole lot more than I thought. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't think he's okay, but I don't think he's going to be like a, a, a savior. Um, Mavs, Stephen Curry, Seth Curry, excuse me, shooting 65% from freaking three this month, 18 points per game. Um, I think he's worth adding, um, you know, he's going to cool off, but I think the whole Dwight Powell thing overlapping a lot with this whole breakout helps him. Um, Chris Stats Porzingis definitely seems to be more okay playing the five, which is kind of bad news for Maxi Kleba, who I still think is fine, but you know, he's, uh, hasn't quite met expectations, um, with Porzingis playing so much of the five lately. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith will take a hit. Obviously, Jalen Brunson's an easy drop now. Um, 
I think if if you could trade Tim Hardaway Jr. away, I would definitely do it. His assist numbers have been kind of eye popping lately. Um, you know, he's had that uh, season high seven a couple games ago. Had a six assist game yesterday. So yeah, uh, Golden State. We got a lot going on here. I want to break down. So Jordan Poole started at the one. Um, he's been pretty bad. It's still under under thirty percent from the field. I think he's at forty on the season. That is, I think he's at about forty two percent this month. Um, you know, empty stat lines for the most part, but they want to give him a shot, obviously. So point guards are really hard to come by in fantasy, so I definitely don't hate adding him. I added him in some of my deeper 12-team leagues. So, you know, he's a possible option for you. We saw Jeremy Pargo have a season-high 15. But really the big takeaway was Kai Bowman is done. Uh, four minutes. So that, that was fun while it lasted for the week. So you're definitely pretty much dropping Bowman for anybody I've said here as an ad. Uh, which is too bad. Um, he he had a really good chance, and uh, they want to let Jordan Poole go uh, and see what he can do. Um, credit to him for playing much better after one of the most abysmal starts you can imagine. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, man, uh, what four hundred some games as a as a wolf, and then third game as a warrior, career high four blocks. Never had four blocks in a game as a wolf. Um, just amazing. Uh, he's been really good. So, um, you know, maybe it's a roster fit or whatever, but yeah, uh, I'm kind of buying, um, you know, we, Draymond Green, as we said this before, we talked about this on the Monday pod, uh, with myself, Drew Dinkmeyer and Davis Maddock, how Draymond can make a lot of average defenders look a lot better. Um, even with, you know, Kevin Durant, who was a pretty solid defender, he really blossomed as a defender next to Draymond. So, um, Wiggins kind of doing the similar stuff too, so good stuff there. And really, the headline has been Marquise Chris is freaking balling, man. So all, all my uh, Marquise Chris takes, I'm gonna have to recycle them. Uh, he looks freaking awesome right now. But uh, I think Eric Pascal still could have some value. Not as great, obviously. You need Draymond Green to go away to be good there. Uh, not many Suns takes for me here. You would assume Aiton comes back after the break. Uh, that would make Check Diallo go away or Check Diallo. Um, Jonah Bolden had uh, outplayed him and outminuted him, <laughs> minuted him uh, there too. Kobe had a minor injury, but he's okay too. Um, really, no takes from Lakers and Denver. We saw a lot of three point guard lineups with the PJ, PJ Dozier, Monte Morris, and Jamal Murray uh, overlapping together uh, and you know playing in the second half together too. So, but Jokic has been a baller. All right, so moving on, let's talk some injuries to kind of watch heading into the break here. Uh, kind of give you an idea on what to do and what that could mean if you have guys who are benefiting from those injuries. Let's start with Stephen Curry, who's been doing a lot of on-court work, progressing, uh, has a big evaluation coming up in a couple weeks, so we'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, there's definitely a pretty good chance he doesn't play at all. Um, he's being stashed in every single league that I'm in, obviously. I don't have any shares of him, Um He's going to get a lot of Draymond uh, and D'Angelo before he got traded where anything, anything wrong, he's going to sit. So I don't think Curry's going to be kind of a league-winning kind of a guy, I guess. But he's definitely, I mean, he's going to he's gonna help you. But it's not going to be where it's like, okay, I have Curry, I win kind of a thing. You know, you're going to have to have a pretty good team uh, on top of that. But obviously he's going to be... Pretty good. So that means you're going to cut him to Jordan Poole. It's going to trickle down across every position. 
Um, even the center spot too, I would say. So it's going to obviously affect Jordan Poole the most. Uh, he who's kind of you know okay. Damian Lee would be affected in a big way. Damian Lee's been really good. Uh, had the career high the other day, so he would be a, a big loser. Mentioned Pascal. Uh, and then the front court guys as well. I don't think Marquise Chris will be hurt too much. He's played so so well lately. So, but yeah, keep him rolling. We again, it's definitely far from a guarantee. Curry returns this season, uh, and then when we get there, we're kind of good. So if you could sell them for whatever they're worth, um, and their playoff schedule is terrible, by the way. So and for most leagues, so that's something to factor into. Uh, I mentioned Kyrie briefly. Hopes to practice after the break again. Kyrie, much like Curry, much like guys who miss time it's it's tough to count on them when they're hurt uh, especially for Kyrie who but well, like cat missed a whole lot of time and we're talking about a knee injury here for guys you know missed 20 plus games per season over his career so uh, and that's actually gonna go up now uh, um but yeah he misses a lot of games point being so yeah careful there um, you know keep rolling Spencer keep rolling Levert um, Joe Harris had a pretty good game yesterday. But, um, yeah, I mentioned Capella. Deadman's fine. After that, I really don't care about your Damian Joneses. But um, definitely, and I think Deadman's still, like I said, Deadman could still have value in 22 minutes. I don't really see Capella playing 30 a game. So, you know, keep Deadman out there. Let him keep ringing those phone calls on his three-point celebration. Uh, Time Lord could be back in, in next month. Uh, really nothing to stash there, but uh, another major letdown. Uh, we had so much buzz coming in the preseason and can't get healthy. Uh, Thomas Bryant, again, had that foot aggravation, but he should be back after the break. He hopes so right away. So uh, it sounds like this foot issue is just kind of a minor, you know, let's dial you back, get you right for the second half. Uh, He was really starting to get hot, too. So I would really love to see Thomas Bryant get back out there. I have uh, my fair share of Thomas Bryant shares. So hopefully he's okay. Uh, I mentioned the Kings front court briefly. Marvin Bagley, definitely a legit shot that he's out for the season. Uh, Rashawn Holmes had the PRP treatment, uh, could be back, uh, say, around March 1st-ish. So rough. I think he topped out at, like, 6th for a total 9-cap value before he got hurt. Um, And it's just been so tough for him to get back out there. Um, Just a monster season. So, I mean, there's nothing you could do. You just got to hold him uh, and hope he can return. Alex Lynch should be back soon. Mitchell Jabari Parker. I don't know. I'm never really going to be a Len guy unless it's just as a stream, just because you can't stay healthy. Talked a lot about the Hornets already with Zeller with the, with the face injury issue thing. I do like Billy Hernan Gomez. Bulls, man. Uh, Boylanism's back. Uh, this guy just loves to dodge questions and go on his own little tangents. Was asked why he didn't play Daniel Gafford if he was healthy. Just gave a whole bunch of BS answers like he's a running for freaking Congress or something, you know, <laughs> it was just so bad. Uh, but they expect uh, Lori Markkinen, Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., all re- expected to return this month. So I definitely would think about stashing all three of those guys, especially going to the break, you know, stash Otto for the week. If we get good news, great. You know, if you don't, just drop for somebody else. Uh, same with Laurie. And then uh, I think Wendell Carter Jr. is probably really the best bet of the three, um, given the circumstances for that team and how they want to see where Wendell Carter Jr. fits as a starter or a backup and all that. Mentioned Love's Achilles. Major, major shutdown. Massive shutdown risk. He's easily the biggest shutdown risk in the league. Uh, I want nothing to do with Kevin Love. If you could trade him for 35 cents in the dollar, I would probably do it. Like I know I... Um, 
let the hot takes fly on guys I'm panicking on, but um, yeah, um, Love is going to be such a nightmare to own uh, going forward. Uh, Barton had this knee tightness thing, so at first it seemed like it was minor, but he's been out since, so hopefully the break gets him right. Uh, the Nuggets have been pretty cautious with guys. Uh, Paul Melsap, if you remember, uh, was originally called a contusion on his knee, and they changed it to a strain, so... Uh, maybe the break gets him right. Michael Porter Jr. downplayed his ankle injury when he had it. Said, I'm good like three times. Um, been out since. Uh, keep an eye on Luke Kennard's knee. He's got really good splits without Blake Griffin, so I could see him being valuable. But again, you're going to talk about a lot of minutes management. So kind of risky there. Uh, Pat Bev, groin aggravation. Andrew Shamit's really stepped up there. And then DeAndre Ayton, another ankle injury. But uh, besides missing the Rising Stars game, sounds like he's going to be okay. Um, after the break, but um, yeah, another guy has been really, really annoying um, with how much time he's missed. Uh, and then Justice Winslow's back injury, I, I want nothing to do with him. Um, yeah, just whatever. Okay, so let's go on to some under 10% old guys that I kind of got on my radar. Talked about a good majority of them. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. still under 10% owned. That's probably not going to be for much longer. Uh, I think mentioned James Johnson a lot. He's still under 10% owned. I uh, had the big Almost had a 5x5 five five neighborhood kind of a line. Uh, he's done that. He's been pretty adept at steals and blocks over his career. Wolves play pretty fast. So I could see James Johnson being pretty valuable. Um, Nas Reed as well is another guy I really, really like, especially given the way they're probably headed to a development stage of the season. Uh, Svima Kyluk mentioned him. Still, uh, like this whole Detroit backcourt thing, it's so tough to really bet on a guy because there's so many ways this could shake out. Like I could see them going triple guard lineups, running speed at the three, just bumping Snell down because it's freaking Tony Snell. Um, hilarious to me. And just random stats. So I was looking up rebounding rate numbers yesterday because uh, I saw Courtney Lee was at 3.3% total rebounding rate for a guy in that minute, minute volume. And I was surprised to find out that uh, Darius Garland is l- worst in the NBA in, in total rebounding rate uh, at just 3%. Uh, and then also Tony Snell was up there. He was third. Um, and then Terrence Ferguson was at like 3% rebounding rate and then 9% usage rate. So anyways, it's just funny to me how these guys that we just hate in fantasy can't shoot and can't rebound. But um, anyways, we also talked a lot about, uh, to let you inside the, the Rotor World Slack channels, uh, we talked about, the, if you guys remember, the old school Charlotte Bobcat uniforms that had like the the finish line stripes on the side. We somehow got on that tangent yesterday. And there's actually there are actually a few game-used jerseys on eBay from uh, like Medmanovich, Walter Herman, um, a couple of uh, Alexis Agenza. They're like game-used jerseys that are like going for $800. It's just insane to me. But uh, it was just kind of a funny little tangent. Uh, Ryan and I went on um, just going through stuff, Ryan Canales. But, um, yeah, anyways, uh, that's kind of where we're at there. Uh, I, like if those jerseys were like 100 like they're so ugly, right? But it's sometimes those ugly jerseys are like cool, you know? Like a lot of people think the, the loud jerseys, they really stand out. Like if I saw someone... Wearing that jersey, I'd be like, I'd you know, give him props. Like, okay, it's a rare jersey. It looks stupid. Everyone hated it when it came out, but like, you're wearing it now. You know, almost ten years later. Anyways, uh, I mentioned Simons. I mentioned Mo Harkless a little bit. I mentioned Jordan Poole. Mentioned, uh, Jake Lehman actually. Uh, he's a possible stash guy. 
Um, I think him versus Wancho Hernan Gomez is going to be an interesting uh, competition battle. Uh, Wancho played, has played pretty decent, but uh, I think Lehman, they wanted to get him going. Don't forget, back in the summertime, he was a decent candidate to start, and he did get some starts too. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not ruling out Jake Lehman to make an impact here uh, along with Wancho and obviously uh, James. I, I would, like I said, I would take James Johnson first over Wancho. Uh, and I would take Nas Reed over James Johnson too. This is, I'm not sold on Wancho's upside. Um, I mentioned Cody Martin again, another guy I really like too. So, yeah. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for today. Heading into the All Star break, I'm going to California for the weekend. Uh, I am probably the among NBA fans. I'm probably in the top one percent of people who hate All Star weekend. I, I watched the dunk contest, but. I really don't care about anything else, but um, should be fun. Uh, Aaron Gordon said he's got four new dunks, by the way. Uh, I, if I'm a betting man, I'm, I'm betting on Aaron Gordon, man. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge dunk contest. Uh, although Derek Jones Jr. Uh, is a guy that's hard to bet against, too, just because he's... like it's. We talk about this sometimes. De- like Derek Jones Jr.'s regular dunks look so sick. Uh, so maybe that first time he did it, uh, he had some you know spotlight jitters, but... Uh, I think those are the two guys I would definitely bet on uh, with betting a little bit more on Gordon. All right, so you guys enjoy the All-Star break weekend. Um, yeah, if you got fantasy baseball drafts coming up, I know the Rotor World Baseball guys just put out a draft guide. So check that out. Um, should be pretty cool. So you guys take care. Catch you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.